Welcome to Not in the Lap of the Pods with Paul, Joe and myself, David. And how are we this evening, gentlemen? Very well, thank you. All good, man. All good. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that then. Uh, this episode is about fish. Not the, the things that swim in the sea, but the, the solo artist, fish. Mm. What's your favourite fish that swims in the sea? Mr. Joe? Tuna, because I like the taste of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Sammy. do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say carp, um, because I was down in Legoland recently and they had a big pond with loads of carp in oh, it. Oh, yeah, they are pretty cool. Right? They were carp. coming out, out of the water with their big, their big lips and their tashies. They've got kind of wee tash uh, bits. Cool. So I'm going to, I'm going cool, to say man. carp. I don't know if they're yeah. actually, I don't know if they're a sea fish, right enough. Are they more of a river fish or a river fish? Like I think, river, guys. I'll tell you my least favourite fish, though, salmon, because I've, I've just I've fucking became allergic to eating it. So every time I've had it, it's flew out my rectum and my esophagus <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> so. so you're talking about eating them, we're just talking about like them being uh, nice. Aye, how many, how many fish do you fucking uh, run into in the street <laughs> to make an opinion on their personality? <laughs> no, it could be how they look, how pretty they are, you know? Sharks, I like sharks. Well, I like sharks. Ah, sharks that's, that's, that's a heavy metal option, isn't it? Ah, no, my favourite fish is the, the one that's way down in the, in the depths. Oh, the with one, the light? The one with the light. Oh, aye. Hanging. Aye. Whatever uh, the fuck that is, angler fish or something? Oh, is fuck, I don't know. I don't know anyway. It's uh, that's pretty cool, man. So that's right. my favourite. I think this is. I think this is starting just in the total wrong footing now. <laughs> or the Paul's stupid question. My but, favourite uh, human fish is Derek Dick, though. Aye, absolutely. Aye. So we're going to be talking about uh, Derek. Um, and Paul, why did fish get his name then? Because he used to spend loads of time in the bath. Is that literally why he get his name? Yep. Can I actually thought it because it's a jakey. <laughs> no, everybody thinks that. Well, he, drank, he drank like a fish. Fish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, nah, okay, I actually genuinely thought it was because he, he, he loved he loved the booze. But um, because he spent all his time in the bath, really. Ah, okay. But did his mum give him that fucking name? Truly, his mates... Like, nah, no, it was his mates, I think. The... Who's his mate, sir? Where the fuck is his mate staying waiting in the bath with him? That's just fucking bizarre. I <laughs> could be sharing sharing flats with mates Aye. and stuff like that. Do that fucking bath, you fucking Derek. Aye. I mean, do you know what? You're, I mean, you fish. can call fish for now. <laughs> it's not a good name to be stuck with, is it really? But fish. I don't know. Can I work for a minute? I think Aye. people used to wind them up and say, fish, you're pish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Probably. Let's, move, let's move on. I know this is Jesus Christ. deteriorating rapidly, man. A massive digression. Uh, Aye, like sorry. a rotten fish on a beach, man, just uh, rotting it. away. You know? One of the it's wheels that you have to blow beach to guys blow it up and all bits fall everywhere. Magic. Aye. 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 I don't blow don't blow wheels up that shit. No, that's that's awful, man. Anyway, let's actually talk about fish then. So fish is, as most people will know, was the original singer in Marillion. And he went solo in 1989. He actually left Marillion in 1988. And we are going to discuss his first album, which is Vigil in a Wilderness of Mirrors. So... Um, as we sort of discussed, it left Marillion and Marillion went on to release the first album without fish called Seasons End. And this album was actually due to come out round about the same time, but it was delayed. Um, EMI delayed it because they thought there would just be a bit of a conflict between the two. 
um, from a promotional standpoint, whatever. Um, so the Fish album was delayed and actually came out the following year, um, early 1990. Um, it actually came out the 29th of January 1990. Um, but there were, there were a few singles already out in 1989. We had State of Mind and we also had Big Wedge, which were out in uh, 1989, just leading into to the album coming out. Um, the album did well. It did, did very well. Went to number five in the UK and sold so very well across Europe. So, um, yeah. Now the album itself is it's a it's not a concept album, but there's there's several references to the hill, and yeah, the hill is it's a metaphor for for um, consumerism and greed, really, and just all those, those all the things that go along with it. And as we start to discuss these songs, it becomes very apparent that that thread is running through the album. It does go in different different directions a few times, as you know, there's some wistful stuff on it. Um, but there's certainly a lot of anger on on the album, and um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, ideological stuff on the album as well. You know, um, as you'd expect from someone like Fish, who's very much rooted in you know socialism and left wing um, ideology. So yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, so wilderness and wilderness of mirrors, I guess um, that term is actually taken from a T.S. Eliot poem, and it's used as a metaphor for disinformation. So, you know, this vigil in a wilderness of mirrors, this vigil, you know, and, you know, a wilderness, you know, this disinformation. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just, just mm-hmm. lies and kind of, you know, where the yeah. hell am I actually really? What's what's actually going on really? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And 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 of course, this was rewritten pre-internet. Yeah. Um, and so all this stuff's only just been amplified, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's more mirrors now than there, yeah. there was even back then, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, this it's... it's um, and it's that kind of, you know, that psychological projection type of thing where, you know, you've got like, you know, um, that Trump used to use, it would say fake news. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, what he was doing was fake news. What his, his people were putting out was actually the fake news. But it's that psychological projection, blaming someone else for doing the exact thing that you're doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. so it's just, um, so, but uh, yeah. Um, but the cover, the cover of the album is, it just, just sort of amplifies that a lot. You know, you've got a, um, a couple on, sitting on top of all the technology of the age, you know, computers. There's a Porsche car, I think, or certainly a car of some sort. Uh, and, yeah, as a, maybe as a Porsche, yeah, car. But yeah. it's it's yeah. So you've got these kind of people looking a little bit lost, a little bit confused, um, possibly refugees from the, the you know the you know the kind of post-apocalyptic kind of situation that, that that's happening in the world. But this album artwork really comes into its own when you go to the gatefold and you actually that's open amazing. it up. And yeah. you just look at the, I mean, it's Mark Wilkinson again. He's just ah, absolutely fantastic um, artist. You know, he did Painkiller for Judas Priest. Mm. He did, oh. he did, he did the Wicker Man for for Iron Maiden. And that's although it was a single, that's one of my favourite Iron Maiden covers. Actually, that's cool, man. It's, it's ah. really, really, really cool. Um, so you utilised him more in Iron Maiden, I think. Absolutely, yeah. do like an, an actual album cover ah, or something yeah. like that. Man, really cool. could, could I go and go do fucking dance of death? <laughs> Which is probably the worst album cover in history of metal, anyway. MS Paint, huh? yeah, and that's uber shite, aye, terrible. But that uh, fold out is um, like the gate fold is really, really great. I mean, there's so much detail in it. And um, one of my favourite bits on it is you actually see on the power lines going away. It's people actually crucified on the power lines going away. Amazing, in the distance. Man. It's just, it's just the imagination, you know. It's just a yeah, thing. But yeah, if you get the chance to, to to look at it properly. I don't know if maybe you can Google it and someone's maybe broken down the image into kind of various sections or whatever. Or you've got the gatefold 
and you've not looked at it for a while, dig it out and take a look because it looks amazing. Um, so yeah, the, the, so yeah, the, the, we'll maybe get into it a bit later, but just in the interest of getting getting started, um, I'll probably come over to you because there's quite a quite a bit of um, sort of you know, there's a lot of litigation around about this time for fish um, with EMI, just the situation, the contractual situation they found themselves in, and maybe we'll we'll discuss that maybe halfway through or something, and because it's quite interesting actually. And um, that kind of stuff. Well, I find it interesting. You might find it really boring, and no, listeners might find it really boring. But let's let's see. But what I'm going to do is, I'm actually going to come to Joe first. The reason I'm going to come to Joe first is this album is is been in myself and Paul's lives for since it, since it came out. Really, um, I was 11 years old when I when I first heard this album. I actually, first I owned the album as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been in my life ever since. And uh, for Joe, Joe's just familiar with quite a lot of the tracks on this, and I think he realised he actually knew more of it than, than he realised. Well, from he... listening to it subconsciously in the background, yep. Well, it's exactly like you said. It was. Um, I remember this being something that you had on quite a lot, because obviously we this would have been not long after me and you started hanging about, about 11, 12. So yep. you must have just got this record, and I remember the. Just I always remember started, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I always remember the gatefold and looking at the gatefold and the artwork when I, you know, when I was a kid, when we were in your bedroom, <laughs> and um, just talking shite. But um, I and and I remember liking it and stuff like that. Um, but I never really, I never took it any further than that. I don't know why. It just I remember Big Wedge. You had the single as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, the seven inch. Uh, and I remember the artwork. Uh, that's right. I remember the artwork for that was really cool as well. And uh, I just so it was in my consciousness and stuff like that. But it just I think at the time, like we've said in previous pods, me and you were really it was all this new music. It was in the early nineties was all coming out, and it was just we kind of got swept away with that sort of stuff. Um, but so listening back to it, obviously when you guys suggested doing this record, it was cool because obviously we're kind of kind of keeping the same vibe of the Beatles. Um, you know, Paul recommended an album that me and you weren't really that familiar with. And it opened our eyes to that. Well, you guys have recommended this to me, and it's really, really opened my eyes to how good this album actually is. So I was, to be honest, I was actually blown away with just how good his voice was. For, you know, because like I, I, I knew he was a kind of decent singer and stuff like that. But there's, there's points in this record, I'm like, this guy sings with a lot of emotion, and, and you know, he does hit hit some really powerful notes and stuff. So I was blown away by that, and the song structures were. Excellent, man. Like I've said on here before, I'm not as into prog as you as you two guys are. I, I, I dip in and out of it. Um, there are certain prog bands that I do really like, but for me, this is like prog, but it's it's kind of got a pop edge to it, and I don't yeah. mean pop like fucking Duran Duran or anything. Like that. I just mean it's 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 more it's quite a stripped down prog. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's, there's elements of it that are very complex, but they don't go on for too long. The way prog can kind of be over indulgent and like take one section and go on and on and on. Fish is still how uh, Fish and whoever was involved in the, the writing process has obviously been really smart in the way that they've taken complex parts, but they've not kicked the ass out of them. They've kept them quite uh, basic in, in their structure, although the parts themselves are quite tasty, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. But kind of long winded way of just saying that I was, I mean, I've listened to this album about four or five times now. And I haven't got sick of it. You know, I've listened to it a couple of times back to back. Uh, and for me to do that and how impatient I can be sometimes with music, it just reminded me of how good, and I'm going to sound like an old old bastard here, but it just reminded me of just how 
music was better back in the day. It really was because, like, it's just it just is. There's a, there's a craft, and I'm not saying that every band now doesn't write good music. That's not true. There are new bands or bands that write new music that I do enjoy, but there just seemed to be a vibe back then that people just had their, they just had that kind of magic about the way they structured things. And for me, this record hit all the points. It was catchy. It was complex, but not to the point where it was losing. It was losing me. Yeah. Um, storytelling was really, really good. It was refreshing to, you know, hear songs were actually was interested in what the song was about. And I've not really had that for a long time. A lot of the time I put the music on, I don't really think too much about the lyrics and stuff like that. Uh, but this actually had me thinking, you know, there's a song about domestic violence on it that I thought was really, really cool. And it's a topic I don't really hear that many people really um, tackling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, amazing, really good. I love the fact that every song, I know you were saying it's it's all, it's every song's kind of, well, not every song, but most of the songs are kind of based loosely on variants of greed do you know what i mean what yeah. are different facets of greed and where that takes you and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and consumerism and stuff like that and um just just really really interesting album and all these subjects are absolutely still relevant to this day yeah so i'm listening to it and it hasn't really dated it, it can't really date to me because <laughs> shit's still happening that you're speaking about if not a hundred times worse than it was back then yeah that's all I'd be saying. I fucking thought this album was great. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, Paul. Yeah, this this is for me. This this is a big one. Um, this is for me an absolute masterpiece. Um, and it probably would go. Or well, as in fact, it is. It's in my top ten somewhere of, of albums of all time. If I had to take ten albums, I would take this. Um, as Joe just alluded to, there the themes on it they're, they're, they're universal and they're, you know there's not it's not dated. In fact, it's got worse, you know, because he's talking about um, all this consumer crap and all that, and all all the distractions that are keeping us away from being having empathy for each other, and you know just just being decent human beings. And it's it's only got worse with the advent of the internet because this was a pre-internet thing. Um, fish for me as and I, I, I might I, he might actually be my favorite ever songwriter out of everybody, even Lennon McCartney, Brian May, Freddie Mercury, whatever. His songs are incredible, and I, I think in this period, obviously there was Clutching at Straws, the last Marillion album we did, and there's stuff on that that just makes me cry, like Sugar Mice and. Uh, uh, I think out of all the songwriters that um, I love, he's the one that can make me cry the most. It, it brings out emotion in me. Uh, he's a supreme songwriter. He, he writes stories. They're, they're like little poems, pieces, you know, little pieces of art. You can read them on their own and they would make sense. You don't need any kind of melody to, you know, uh, get the gist of what, what it's about or, you know, you don't need any music to convey that you know, uh, to 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 add to the mood, or because you know what it's about, you know. Yeah, the, almost the, the yeah, the lyrics can stand on their own without. Yes. Uh, like you're saying, as, as and, just and, written and, pieces are. Yeah, and, and the way, yeah. and another thing you alluded to there, uh, Joe, about the, there's nothing that's overplayed on here, and it, and I think it's because the focus is on fish singing these lyrics. That's that's the focus because everything is so clear in the vocal department. You know, uh, 
it's I think it's a deliberate thing. I, I want these words to be heard, you know. So I'm so okay. There's proggy elements and all that, but it's not. It's not like you know the the showy offy kind of stuff that can sometimes happen in prog. It's it's all very tight and lean, and it's about fish and his songs and and and, and conveying what the words. I think more than anything else, I said I, I could talk about this album for fucking hours, man. I, I just love it, and I'll, I'll just shut up now and go over to David, man. What do you think about it? You hate it, don't you? Uh, <laughs> One of the worst pieces of shit ever, right? Um, <laughs> that's your ah, that's your second catchphrase, Paul. You hate it, don't you? <laughs> I know, fuck, I know. Same, same pattern every week, man. It's aye, terrible. Aye, that's good stuff. That's what the people want. They want, they want. they want the classics. They don't want the new stuff. They want aye, all the... <laughs> play the, play the old hits. Paul's greatest hits, Silk One Copy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, look at one, do you know what? Aye, he's <laughs> called it is what it is. Is what it is. And a bonus uh, track. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think well, Paul. Paul, everything that Paul said there, I, he could have he could have been reading off my sheet as well. And I think there's I think there's there's a lot of differences between the three of us in terms of you know how we enjoy music and what music's close to us. And you know, myself and Joe can be really close to a band and close to a particular album that Paul's maybe a bit from the side. And I, I, I like it, but it's not. It didn't, mm. didn't change my life or anything. Um, and I think this is a situation. You know, obviously Joe's you know a, a newfound kind of appreciation for this album which is which is brilliant but I think everything you're saying and, and maybe this fundamentally comes down to us being brought up in the same household or something and feeling the same thing or something I, I don't I can't really put my finger on it because I'm the same with Fish I'm exactly the same as you Paul mm. everything you could you could you say about Fish and about this album is probably everything I would say about it you know there might be a few differences as we talk about the tracks and the instrumentation but this is this is yeah one of my favorite albums of all time I don't know where it sits. I, I wouldn't. It's it's very hard to say top ten, top twenty, top fifty. It's because there's so many bands and so many right. albums that that you know have changed your life. But this album is is never never ever left my rotation at all at any point. I've never fell away from it and thought, oh, it's been five years since I've listened to Video. I'll listen to it probably every six months easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a one. It's one that I tend to. <laughs> it's a one. Well, not so much these days because we've not had the chance to go out and kind of socialise and and drink in pubs and things like that. But it's the one that usually, quite often, when I'm on the train, like uh, you know, way home, drunk, like you know, and then on the train, and I'll I... put the earphones on and I'll put this album on. This is usually my drunk album, yeah. and I listen to it, you know, because of, and you know, you just want because I think. You know, even a song like The Company, it's a very much like a, a, a drinking song, almost a bit. Yeah, yeah. Although the subject matter isn't necessarily, yeah. but you know, the suggestion of someone being in a bar talking to someone and all that, yeah, yeah. I get that, but it's not a drinking song as such. But there's just something really warm and warming about it and comforting about it. And sometimes, you know, you working do, class. Aye, exactly rooted in, you know, that, I guess that working class and socialism type of thing that we're talking about. But it's just one that's, um, it's just a, for me, it's, and I'm the same as Paul Fish. I think I've came to the conclusion Fish is my favourite favorite lyricist, you know, more so than the guys that are Queen. Well, I mean, fuck Roger. I mean, I'm I'm a fucking better lyricist than Roger. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, fucking Lamp's a better fucking lyricist than Roger. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it is. I think it did. I just love this. We'll talk about when we talk about the lyrics on this album as we play the songs. But, you know, there's just the, the way he paints, and George alluded to this as well, the way he paints pictures, and the way he uses words is just, I think it's just absolutely genius. And I don't think the guy gets the credit he, he sort of deserves. And um, I think he does, obviously, within 
I guess within the kind of rock world, and you know, he is very much um, celebrated, you know, for his lyrics. But um, they're just—I just can't find the words for them, to be honest. Uh, the way he writes, the way he kind of puts across emotion, feeling, anger—you know—as we talk about in this album, you know, it's just then uh, the words he words he finds is just I can never even aspire to to write one line of <laughs> even as close to you know um, what he could do. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just. Just musically as well. I mean, the guitar playing on this, I mean, Frank Usher, um, the guitarist with Fish, he was with Fish right up to the 13th Star album. And and sadly, he, was, he had a heart attack, so he, he sort of came out of the game. But Frank Usher's a, an absolute exceptional guitarist. I love him. Another one of these, we talked about, um, another one of these guys that's got a fantastic skullet. You know what I mean? And uh, he always and he like a good skullet, man. Exactly. He's always looked after himself, you know, the vests on and the, the good arms and all that. You know, he just, he just, it probably for some people it probably looked like a sad old bastard, but I just thought he always looked amazing on stage, you know, just this fucking old guy just playing these absolutely brilliant solos and licks and everything. But love Frank the weights. Aye, well, I don't know how I don't know what his health is these days, but hopefully he's he's a lot better. Um I know he didn't he wasn't involved in the last two fish albums, which is a shame. But um but yeah, I love his playing on this. It's just absolutely beautiful. I think I think he's still uh, he's he's a he's actually a luthier as well. So he, oh, is he? I right. think he's still making guitars. I think he's just cool. working away. I, I think he's got like a, a like a wee place in Fife or something like that, and he, he just is builds he guitars. He's English actually. Ah, yeah, yes, ah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's Newcastle he's from. Yeah. Right? But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean the subject matters as Joe's touched upon. I just just really resonate with me. You know, relationships. You know, depression and. You know, even later on, you know, in Fish's career, and Paul said he could talk about this album. I could talk about Fish all night as well. You know, just his career, and and it's not always been, it's not been, it's not a flawless career Fish has had. You know, there are no, dips. No, you know, and there have been albums that have not been as good as others and all that. But um, the way he's ended his career on these last three albums that he's done is a very strong ending to to his career. You know, and and even a song like Waverly Steps on on uh, Feast of Consequences. You know that. It's about depression. It's about you know the black dog and all that and that kind of that kind of subject. And he's and he's still to this day he's he's, he's evoking these feelings, these emotions. And mm. not his recent album, there was a song I heard for the first time, watched the video of it, and I was like, I was welling up. And to, to still be able to do that thirty years later, you know, and uh, it's just a, in, you know, I think like Garden of Remembrance. Aye, that, that was the one. one. That was aye. the one. Yeah, yeah. Sitting in the art gallery thing. Yeah. Aye. Aye. I think when you're you're just like like po- like poetic and stuff like that, like lyrically, I don't think that ever leaves you. You know, I think being a songwriter, you know, it, it, that that can kind of dwindle. You know, or maybe yeah. as a musician, like playing a bass or a guitar or keyboard, drums, whatever. You know, age will take its toll physically on you, but you yeah. can't actually do it as well as you used to be. But I think obviously him, you know, his mind's still the same. So obviously, you know, it's and he obviously writes from the heart. So that will never leave you. That that so he's great. Lucky, you know. Okay, so I think what we should do is maybe talk about some of the people that played on this. I mean, all the songs, apart from one, were written by Fish and Mickey Simmons, the, the keyboard player. Um, they, they, they wrote the whole album. Sorry, um, it's an thing there, sorry, David. Does, does Fish actually write the music as well, then? No, that's, that's, no. that's, a, that's a good, interesting uh, question, because Fish, by his own admission, knows nothing about music he's like he knows nothing about it's yeah i couldn't tell you what goes where and what chords to go i i just like write the words and the guys write the music around about them you know Ah, right okay so um so it's interesting because every album the the the, the, obviously the people he's got in his band that it's up to them really to create the music so he's never really 
had that, had, had a total that. control. I suppose at the end of the day, he would say, nah, I'm not really feeling I'm this. Can, sit, you, uh, can you try something else, you know, because you try something more like this style? And, you know, I, I, I've no doubt he'll, he'll be kind of orchestrating it from that point of view. But, but yeah, uh, Mickey Simmons and um, and uh, Fish wrote the, the whole album, apart from one track, which was written um, with... Uh, Oh, in fact, that's that's a lie. There's actually a few more. Wrote one with Yannick as well. Wrote one with Yannick, and actually, yeah. there's um, it's the guitarist, Al Lindis. Uh, Lindis, sorry, uh, Al Lindis um, is wrote, co-wrote a few tracks. So, yeah, um, but yeah, Yannick Gears, um, who at the time wasn't an Iron Maiden, but he eventually joined Iron Maiden later that year, and the drummer from uh, Big Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays on uh, a lot of this album, if not all of it. It's re- just really hard to tease out because I'm I'm sitting here with a, the vinyl in my hand and I'm looking through, and it's really small writing because there's like different musicians on every song, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to tease them all out. So the drummer is Mark Brzezicki, I think that's how you Brzezicki, say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's a drummer for Big Country, and he's 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 on the, the album. Great. Big Country, so, great band, man. Aye, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. Agree with that. And on State of Mind. Um, uh, you have the Spandau Ballet's drummer, John Keeble. Oh, really? Aye, so Spandau Ballet's drummer plays on Metal. State of Mind. So aye, there's lots of different musicians on it. Um, but yeah, and I can't shout them all out because there's, there's lots of them. Um, but yeah, but they all contribute to making this a fantastic there's, album. There's, so. two, there's two legendary um, traditional Scottish music musicians on this. Oh, cool. uh, Can you name cool. them, Paul? Phil Cunningham and Ali Bain. Oh, Phil Cunningham, Ali Bain. Uh, aye, yeah, aye. I forgot they were on it. Aye, because yeah. I Phil Cunningham, Cunningham uh, was, did the whistle on Vigil, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the company, and the company as well. Cool. Uh, and uh, that's a nice shout out, man. Yeah, uh, Phil, Phil Cunningham was. I mean, uh, well, Ali Bain's amazing as well. Just basically the Jimi Hendrix fiddle playing. Aye, yeah, uh, amazing. Absolutely. And Davis Belaine, who's Irish, I think he's Irish, and he did the pipes and the whistle on Vigil as well. Because it's not bagpipes, it's more like a kind of, as you'll hear yeah. when we do the song, it's more like a... Yeah, it's like a chant or kind of thing. Right, yeah, right, yeah, it's yeah, kind of, yeah. uh, higher, right. Uh, it's much, kind of different yeah. tone, aye. Uh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're talking about the, the instrumentation. We should probably crack on and start listening to the music. So let's go, let's delve in. And the first track on the album is simply titled Vigil. So I've got this uh, starting off and you just wait to hear where it's going to go. I think it's just that the way the keyboard teases in, you're like, yep. you know, it's got you interested, I think, right away. It's a nice sound as well. Yeah. Beautiful reverb. You know, when reverb's done right, Dad. you know, on a voice, you know. Mm-hmm. You can tell that's been been recorded. It's been like recorded really loud, like because so, you can hear the clicking and right his, the saliva the next, yeah. in his mouth. Aye, yeah, right, close, close mic. Aye, yeah, absolutely. All that wee bit, the crowd. That's yeah, cool the spot, bit, aye. yeah. Aye. But as you say, Joe, the production of this whole album is excellent. Oh, it's amazing, right? Oh, yeah. So, bass drums fucking massive. Uh, 
saying. And I know this will probably be a really funny thing to say. I like the fact that he's singing in his accent as well, because I don't oh, think Marillion, I, yeah. I might be wrong, but Marillion, it wasn't so he did, he did, he, Occasionally, he did. But, yeah, aye, but, but it's yeah. very noticeable, especially in this track. Aye. Aye, I totally, think as Fish goes later into his career, he starts sounding more Scottish yeah, accent at some yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. You can totally hear it. Aye. But the production, uh, John Kelly produced this. Um, but John Kelly's done a fantastic job with us. And that beautiful wee acoustic guitar, just it's just subtle. It's just a few yeah. few notes. Again, economical. That's pure goosebumps material, uh, man. Totally. This is what I'm saying about his voice, but it's like really strong eh? yeah absolutely love that mo the way he comes off that note the bass is great here aye and then that keyboard just swelling up then the, the wheel pulling it down you just uh, feel it aye. the the run like hell guitars coming in He's a Pink Floyd fan, eh? Oh, aye. 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 They don't cover Fearless in his covers record. He did, aye. Aye. It's got a lot with that, actually. But again, just the lyrics, you know. When I was young, my father told me just bad guys died, you know. Just, uh, just try to kind of appease them. And as an adult, it hurt them, you know. But that's chorus is That's what I'm saying about those little wee proggy beats, but it is but it's done in a kind of Copy kind of way. It's, uh, I know what you mean. It's the structure of it. Accessible, yeah, yeah. Accessible prog. That's probably. This is, the yeah, best I mean, this is probably it. the progest one on it. You know, I, I think the whole album. You know, uh, Marillion Bar, in a category called neo prog, which was like a mixture of prog and pop. So uh, yeah. there was a there was a special category created for bands like uh, IQ and Marillion and all that. You know. All right. Okay. Uh, a lot of bands in the 80s, you know, kind of proggy, but... Aye, so I think, like, Marillion and obviously Fish as well, uh, you know, that it, it was, it was, especially, I would say, on uh, Misplaced Childhood and certainly Clutching at Straws, it was more song-based. And, yeah. yeah, there was a thread, there was a concept around it, but it, it was... Essentially, you could take most of them out and they could sit on yeah. their own, the songs, you know? Yeah. I'll just say, well, this section's playing. This whole section... Iron Maiden ripped off for the Klansman. It's almost got the exact same melody. Everything about this, I was like, that, that's, yeah. that's been lifted. Well, this is the thing Joe was that's talking to us lifted. about this earlier on, about the Maiden, because I, I was saying to Joe, I've been so close to this album, I probably can't really see anything else out, out with it kind of thing, and that suggestion there's a lot of that on this, as, as Joe's probably going to point well, out. Well, listen to the note, it's, it's the exact yeah. same progression. Yeah. 
even the way he delivers the vocals here, yeah. Blaze on that Iron Maiden song delivers it the same sort same of way. way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's your right, Joe. It's not, he, he stole that. Obviously, nowhere near as classy or good, but it's, no, uh, it's like Klansman's a pound shop version. <laughs> Aye, because it's a pound, pound shop version Aye, exactly. of this. Totally in it, but I'm, I'm, no, you're I'm right. Really I didn't even notice it until you mentioned it. Aye, absolutely. And it's not the only song on it, by the way. No, it's been pillaged. Aye. Great chorus, man. Aye. And I think like I, get, like that I know exactly, but it just lifts right up, you know. Yeah. And I think dynamically, this song is perfect. You know, when it changes anything yeah. about the instrumentation or um, I think. Um, and conceptually as well, you know, just this, you know, I've got something to say. I want to kind of challenge the status quo here, you know, but there's too much noise. I want to get my point across, but who's with me, who's not with me is, you know, it's yeah. that. I is. It's a very, very, very well-structured song. It's prog in my in my did right. Yeah. Like, it's not overly indulgent. Yeah. Like that's a kind of weird kind of off time beat, but, it, yeah. but what he's singing over it's very accessible in a yeah, good way, absolutely. not in a bad yeah. way. And I think the interesting thing about this album as well is like there's, there are guitar solos on it, but there's quite a lot of the bits where there's guitar solos. So there you go, there was a pipe solo instead of a guitar solo. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, there's maybe a piano, you know, break or whatever. Like it's not it's not always just guitars. You know, the nice. obvious just go for a breaking guitar solo. Convention. Breaking Absolutely. the conventions are rock, aye. 100%. Um, I like this bit of, here, this line here. Yeah. That That's a cool line, man. Yeah. The fucking keyboards sound great in this, man. Keyboards are amazing on this, aye. They sound great, the sounds are brilliant, man. And then you, you know, go back a year and Queen of Two years and Queen of Get the, and I, the Invisible Man. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like somebody's fucking shitting through a keyboard. Yeah. Like that. It's cool, man. It's a the keyboard. It's got a lot of atmosphere about it, man. Yeah. Great, it creates a vibe, like, like this, the lyrics, it creates a kind of picture in your head. Absolutely. Name that lyric at the end. I was called class. Aye. I listen to I listen to the crowd. Just when I when I need reassurance and I can't fight anymore, I've not got any more energy. I just kind of oh, go with the consensus side. I've almost given up, and Aye. I think we've all felt that. Aye. You know about situations and state Aye, of we'll the world, politics we'll and all that. You know what? I'm actually that weary, and that's that's a tactic, obviously, of politicians to Aye, wear you wear down to the point. Why? I get you. I to just submit. I and just agree. You know. Absolutely. So ah, amazing song, man. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant yeah, piece of Absolutely, music. yeah. One of my favourite songs um ever, you know, and, and I think it's one of my favourites on this album. Could be my favourite, you know, on the album, I don't know, but there's a lot of ah, I think it's I think it's my favourite as well. Yeah, a lot of great music on the album though, so but we'll go into that. But yeah, an absolutely outstanding opener and and um but really must have been shiting himself. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in, in season's some, end was okay. That's it, the thing. Season's album. end was a good uh, album. I think, I think, I think, as Fish had said, actually, 
he'd actually wrote a thing about his court case with EMI on the internal exile reissue. So he wrote a big essay about all his court case and everything about that. And he thought, and he was very, very kind of humble towards the situation. You know, so the situation is the fans are getting two two products now. You know, they're getting a fantastic Marillion album. They're also getting, you know, Muscle album as well. So the fans are obviously, you know, so he's very, respect, very respectful towards them. Um, you know, their situation with Seasons End and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the Seasons End is a, is, a, is a very strong album indeed. Um, that's a, a wee thank you to Marillion, isn't it? The, aye, for thanks to Marillion for, for, for showing me the hill. Yeah. I never knew how to interpret that because I know, I know. the hill, the hill, it's you like, know, it could, you didn't it help me get up it. But yeah, <laughs> showed me. Yeah, 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 it's, 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 it's I'm uh, still at the bottom of it, you know. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I mean, can I, can I do it? But that, but visual, it just instrumentally, I agree. Lyrically, just just structurally, everything's it's perfect right. in my eyes, you know, Brilliant. absolutely perfect. And vocals, as Joe's uh, rightly saying, is just outstanding. And mm. production mix, Aye, the whole shit match is dynamite, man. Totally, man. Um, so we're going to move on we're going to move on to it was actually the second single from the album and it's Big Wedge and a completely different style I mean it's yeah. like a complete left turn you know and um... see this is uh, I, sorry I, I, I remember um, I think it was Krang it would, it would have been Krang they were talking yeah. about um, this album coming out and they were, they were talking about oh there's he's got he's got the drummer from Spandau Valley and there's like uh, horns in it and all that and you're like, and everybody's shitting themselves. Oh, everybody's right, like, okay. that uh, sounds terrible. You know, <laughs> one of the things Fish has been accused of in the past is being like a, a Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, Gabriel type, yeah. or copious kind of thing. And you're thinking horns and all that. Is, is it going to be like Susidio and all that? You know, like, <laughs> I get the absolute fear. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Susidio is quite and, good, but, but Susidio's a great song, aye. aye. But, uh, I don't give a fuck when it sounds like it's always as good. <laughs> you're, you're like, mm. but that's the thing. But but that's the thing. It is. I mean, you're right. It's it's kind of almost Gabriel esque. You know, when Gabriel was doing his, his mid eighties pop stuff, it's you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not kind of. Yeah, you can see Gabriel doing this actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a wee bit, maybe a wee bit more on the rock edge, but I, yeah, possibly. Aye, but, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I, I get where you're coming from with the big choruses and all that, like like yeah. Sledgehammer and stuff like that. Aye. That's yeah. it. So obviously, like this, this song is um, if you know it, and um, as we're about to kind of listen, it's it, it it's again it's this capitalist greed kind of stuff, and very much focused on America's, um, you know, and the kings of it, man. Yeah, their 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 kind of involvement in that that situation, and uh, this was actually these lyrics were actually written for the the next Marillion album, mm-hmm. um, after clutching at straws, and Marillion kind of rejected it because they thought it was too. It was anti-American, so they 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 thought it too maybe a bit too risky. Well, it was academic in the end because obviously Fish had left the band anyway, you know, eventually. But um, Fish fought fuck them, yeah, and and took the lyrics. And but obviously, I mean, you know, musically, who knows what Marillion would have come up with? So that's quite interesting. You know, what would they have actually come up with for Big Wedge instead Mm -hmm. of like a big? Mm -hmm. Because as you'll hear, we've not really touched upon it's like a big band. Type, type uh, you know, with the horns. horns and big horns, like a big band rock kind of song type, type of thing with the horns as we'll hear. Cool. Um, but uh, again, the lyrics are brilliant. Outstanding. We're going to be saying this a lot. It's kind of like when we do the Queen podcast, where I was talking about Freddie's voice and mm-hmm. every single, like, you know, I think it's the same with the lyrics on this album, will be probably the same. But why don't we delve in and, and have a wee listen to Big Wedge? Mm-hmm. 
So I remember seeing this on top of the pops. Aye, aye, aye. He was dressed up as Uncle Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they're such a cynical song, but it's so happy sounding. Aye, because yeah. it's, it's kind of it's upbeat, <laughs> but the lyrics are kind of really. It's kind of two two opposing things that they somehow work. <laughs> totally. Evangelism was a big thing around about this time. Wasn't it? it was. Ah, yeah, singing absolutely. a lot of rock and absolutely. metal bands were singing about evangelists and stuff. Totally. Obviously, you had Sabbath, and then you had like uh, suicidal tendencies, semi all your money, and that. Absolutely, exactly. Holy smoke, Iron Maiden, same. Holy smoke, Iron Maiden, yeah. exactly. And a stadium rocked by Satan just the oh, night yeah. before. So uh, I love that. I picture that being like some big metal band that's been uh, in the stadium the night before, uh, and then the evangelist is going it the night after. You know, yeah. <laughs> aye, pure contradiction. Aye. This is a massive chorus in it. Horns are great. Yeah. Aye. That old Aerosmith fight because they were they did looks like a lady taking your know, rocks over their horns. Vacation sort of. Ah, yep, yep. I like horns and rock, man. Horns can work Aye. in rock. Absolutely. It really sounds yeah. like Gabriel in this song. Absolutely. Breakout Black Sabbath. Best use of horns and rock. Ah, that's a great tune. Do, 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 do. I love that, that castle concerto entertains you while you hold. So as you're Aye. holding the, the music, a castle can do a shit Aye. keyboard, you know. Aye. Just again, the, just the things, things he paints, you know, it's just Aye. fucking incredible. Top notch. Aye. Some backing singers in there as well, eh? Ah, there uh, is, yeah. I think it was the same, uh, same backing singers that was on Clutching at Straws, the Marillion album, if I believe. Cool. It was the same ones. Again, the double meaning, and there's a lot of this in this album, the double meanings, because you've got Big Wedge, Big Wedge of cash, but Aye. you're talking about driving in the big wedge between the rich and the poor, you're driving uh, a wedge between... Aye, double, double you know, So again, exactly, just, I just can't talk about songwriting any. Enough basically. I like this this difference in vibe here, it kinda gets a yeah, little bit dark here. Yeah. And that bass that, that just dunk, 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 bass kind yeah. of thing. The lyrics are spot on man. Aye. Still absolutely still stand up today. Yeah. You sell your whole later. family into slavery just to make money. Aye. Yeah. It will be solo man as well. So is excellent man. Mm. Fucking drum sound is crazy big man. Ah, it's a snare. Aye. This is well, the only time he does that Marillion voice. Because he does it a lot in Marillion. He does that weird kind of high. Aye. Aye. Who mixed this, David? It was it was the same guy, John Kelly. Yeah, he mixed it. He must have done some big stuff because the guy's shit hot. I wonder who he did. 
actually looked up and I couldn't really find if, if, if I remember right, I did try and look him up. He must but have been a big name, surely. Maybe Paul got Google it, but I don't think it... I, I, I'm on it. Uh, Paul's on the Google machine. I don't, I don't remember it being... Unless I'm thinking of something else. Uh, Chris Rea, the dam, Kate Bush. Oh, the right, fuck. Clearly, wasn't he? It <laughs> wasn't that guy I was looking uh, up for. Kelly, the beautiful South, T-Pab Sprout, Deacon Blue, Head on Nova. So a lot of kind of big... The levelers. Kind of... Right, a lot of crisp pop stuff as well in there, you know. Richard Ashcroft. Kate Bush. Oh, well, there you go. Corey she... Amos as well. Oh, uh, great Kate Bush. Kate Bush copyist. Tori Amos. I don't mind, I don't mind Tori oh, Amos. Ah, Tori Amos, good. I seen her live, actually, about 12 years ago. She was good, man. I covered her Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath's pretty good. Uh, Rain, Rain and Blood's pretty well. good. Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood at all, aye. Aye, see the air driving in the big wedge. So ah, yes, yeah. aye, exactly. Love it, aye. Smart. Uh, you know, just, a, just a pop song. It's just like a big, you know, pop, pop rock pop song. So, just... Pop song with po poignant lyrics, but yeah. that's aye. The and, aye. And, and actual... You can, you can shove your Bob Dylan up your ass. This you guy's know. fucking better. Absolutely. So it's like... It, it's kind of like... Um, you know, but the song is, is music, is, it's, and, you know, get integrity musically and lyrically, you know, yep. so, yeah. yes, it's 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 possible to do pop and then do it right uh, and do it and do it, you know. Well, like, yeah, the Queen did pop, it, you know. Pop's, pop's fucking great art as well, you know, if you do oh, it right. Is, absolutely. Uh, pop just means popular, really, when it comes out, uh, doesn't it? Uh, it just means it's, it's successful, but accessibility doesn't always mean neg negativity. No, exactly. That's it, 100%. So, uh, so that was Big Wedge, and uh, I guess the most, uh, possibly the most accessible song on the, the album. But that, there's lots of hooks in this album, to be honest. Ah, it's so. hooks, it's hooks ah, forever, aye. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's maybe it's maybe not completely true, but um, but the next track is State of Mind, and uh, this was actually the first single. Um, this was sort of teased, I think it was about the summer of 1989, so this had been the first. Uh, Anyone had heard of Fishy's solo stuff? Uh, so they've been the first song. And this is the song that's got John Keeble on it, the Spandau Ballet drummer. And uh, I think lyrically, it's very connected to Vigil, I'd say. You know, it's again, it's touching upon that kind of yeah. uh, unrest with uh, you know what's happening and, and you know, wanting to hear change and wanting someone to actually, you know, be with you um, and, and agree and, you know, take things forward. See how we go on with this one. Yeah. Lots of fretless bass in this album as well. Oh, fretless bass, man. Fretless <laughs> bass is cool, man. <laughs> Always reminds me of Alan Bartridge that bit when he's doing the he's miming to the oh what song is it? It's the fretless bass. He's like he's doing like, like miming it in the, no, it's it, it's it's in the car, isn't it? Ah, it's a nice. Again, acoustic, really nice. So this is a, a co-written song, isn't it? Yeah. Al Lindes, Simmons, Fish. Yeah. Aye, as indeed. Yeah. See, that's reach out and touch someone, and, and, and face value, people might think it's somebody wanting love and want. It's not about that at all. It's actually. I want something, can you join with us and fucking rise up against this shit? You know, that's the, you know. It still stands today. Absolutely. And it will still be standing if the human race is a thing and 
Indeed, indeed, it will. 100%, man. 1% are always going to fuck me over, man. Oh, fantastic chorus as well. That's a nylon string guitar, eh? Aye. Yeah. The tail's been played by a plectrum rather than the fingers, because it's quite aye, quite, aye. Quite, quite aye. tight. Aye, he's got an attack. Back to it. Aye. Bass playing's crazy <laughs> good Bass on this, man. Aye. See that bit when he says, I trust in the military and the power of... Uh, what was the line again? Trust is conspiracy, conspiracy in the power of the military. The bit in Exorcist 3 comes into me, I believe in slime! I believe in... You son of a bitch! What a film! What a film! Again, just uh, instrumentally, just everything just has its place, there's space. Not, you know, if that was released now, it'd be compressed to fuck. Aye. You wouldn't mm. hear any of the dynamics in any of the instruments. Brilliant. And it's quite a hopeful song, isn't it? It's like, you know, you insult us with cheap propaganda. Well, Look where we are today, you know. Yeah. Well, literally being insulted with cheap propaganda yeah. every fucking day, you know. By a by a fucking buffoon with a shite yeah. haircut. Yeah. yeah. Even the solo again, just that kind of just acoustic solo. It's not like a big solo, you know. Yeah. That you, you know might might date it even slightly. Aye, aye, you're right. And I think that's a, it's a very grown-up album, you know, you would say, you know, it's a very it's adult mature. album and all that, it's mature and all that, but not to the point where it's... it's Aye, uh, Mojo, Dad Rock, where exactly, it's... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an edge to it, there's, and lyrically there's an edge to it, without a doubt. Mojo Magazine readers, man. <laughs> oh, do you read Mojo Magazine? I bet you do. Well, I bought, I bought the first screen. Ah, that's Rachel. different. You bought it for Queen. Uh, but I caught the one of their journalists. Uh, fit, or Roger uh, wrote, wrote, Roger uh, wrote Roger Battle. Battle. So fuck them. <laughs> the bass playing's like lead, lead. It's like all over the yeah. prep, uh, you know what I mean? Metal. And it, it kind of goes back to something I mentioned on the Mad Bad pod. The, the sound of the bass around about this time and what's that record? Brilliant, up. huge, you know. I don't know. As I, I say, people, I don't know at the time if there was something. I think people were starting to amplifiers or it was an important instrument. Yeah. Ah, uh, I think the actual sound at the end, you know. Low end, low end was definitely by by like kind of the late eighties into the nineties was becoming much more prominent. Ah, well, obviously, yeah. I through the eighties, funk bass was you know huge and all that. You know, the thumb and but just run about the turn of the Aye, rock. It just bass just sounded huge. I don't know. Yeah, because in, uh, in rock and metal and stuff like that, I think before in the seventies, the bass didn't really have a bass sound. It was more just like a. Do you know what I mean? It was like almost quite trebly. Mm. Whereas I, when you get to this kind of time, it's like you've got the Metallica Black Album, but it's just like sub bass. Do you know what I mean? And Aerosmith records were exactly the same at this time. 
Ah, totally, man. A lot of weight to them, filling yep. out the low end. Aye. I think just production technique's got a lot slicker as well overall, you know, in the, the late 80s into the 90s. Ah, that's true. Aye, that's know, true. Stadiums, like stadium yeah. rock, sort of. Because I've got the, aye, and then they've got, they've got the experience in the last 20, 30 years to call up on After. and improve upon and, you know, mm. so it's, um, so Absolutely. I mean, that'd be something to do with it. But I think State of Mind is a song is, is fantastic. I love that chorus. It's another one that, that can, can add, you know, when you're just, you know, like aye. Well, maybe got a few beers. It could be that aye, but it's just kind of gets to me. It just just gets me right in the heart as well. This one, and um, even like the lyric at the end. You know, you can't elect a dream revolution when you've a bullet in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that. It's like someone standing up and wanting change. Well, it's not going to last long. It's that's it. It's just it's aye. It's Short like lived. It's, it's hopeless. It's just kind of it's, there's a hopelessness to it. But as Paul said, there is this there's hopefulness in it as well. It's but mm-hmm. there's always. That cynic, I don't know if it's that Scottish thing. There's always a cynical edge. There's always something that pulls it back, you know, away to from reality. To, to reality, with I guess in some ways, you know, with I think it it's because we've got history of being fucked over in so many ways. It's like people, it's like that whole thing. I read, I read recently. Somebody was talking about it in a video. It was somebody that wasn't Scottish and they'd lived here. They were talking about the difference between like Scottish people. Um, and like, say, an American or, or whatever, you know, you see, see an American, it's like optimism. Aye, it's like, how's your day? Oh, great, man, great. And you see a Scottish guy, it's usually, aye, it's okay, aye. because aye, you're expecting, because you're just expecting it to turn to shit at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot about us aye. as Scottish, eh? I wish it often does. <laughs> aye. Aye. Anyway, right, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. So, track yeah. four is the company. Fuck you, Marillion. Aye. <laughs> Oh, is this a fuck and, you and, song? In the diss, nicest, most poetic way possible. A uh, diss record. This was a this was a first uh, rock diss, diss record. Ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so can I start so almost like you can uh, you can see the kind of options in the street and all that, you know, it's almost like uh, 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 Dickens or something, you know. Fagan and all that. Uh, <laughs> This is another song where Iron Maiden have heavily been influenced by certain sections of it, even down to the vocal melodies and everything. Nylon string guitar again, eh? This is the kind of thing that Steve Harris wishes he could do now, in the past maybe 15 years of Iron Maiden's career. Aye, yeah, lyrically, the way he can he's, paint pictures, aye, he's, he's just no good. Yeah. In the 80s, he was great at it, but... Aye. Aye. And I think, you know, there's, there's the... You know, there's another... I see another double meaning on this, because, you know, you've got the company, like my own company. I want, I want my own company. I'm quite happy to sit in my own. Don't need you. I'm, yeah. I'm cool. You know, my... Um, you know, solitary, singular, and all that. You know, um, but towards the end of the song, it's like drink to the company, roll for the company until I die. So for the com- a company man, somebody says, it's, it's you know, so it's that again, that kind of you know, reality kind of thing. I you know. And I mean, Marillion, obviously, Steve Hogarth, you know, and they've. You know, they've had a, a, a career for the next 30 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, but for me, they, they, they lost a huge presence, a, a huge amount of charisma and all that. They lost a, a supreme songwriter. Aye. 
and I, 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 I know a lot. There's maybe some people listen to this that really like Hogarth Marillion, but it, uh, there's, there's just something about it. I, I just as they, I, I can't make it stick. You know, I, I don't know. It's too Aye. wishy washy, kind of. The bite, the bite's missing from it. The bite. Aye, there's, the there's bite, something yeah. no there. You know, there's a. You know, and it's 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 obviously fish, you know, but this lies I'm perfectly happy if I'm left to decide the company I choose. The company I choose is solidly singular, totally trustworthy, straight and sincere. This bit's very similar to Blood Brothers by Iron Maiden. Totally. And that we break down in the middle. Uh, do, 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 do the strings absolutely very similar except this is infinitely better <laughs> absolutely uh, aye this is played by actual people that know what they're doing <laughs> 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 a lot of proper Scottish musicians on this one is this the one that's got the Scottish guys yeah yeah uh, Phil, Phil Cunningham was on this like, traditional like, Scottish yeah. musicians sorry yeah. traditional Scottish musicians uh, Phil Cunningham on the accordion and the whistle so there you go, the guys have been playing in pubs probably since the fucking 60s. And that, you know, that Irish thing, what, the Bodrin, I, I can't even pronounce oh, that. Oh, that, that instrument, yeah, I can... something, Bodrin or Bod, Bodan or Bobag, I don't know. Bobag, we'll go with that, <laughs> Bobag's good. Playing the uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Gaelic name, uh, uh, it's, it's, I, can't, I can't read it, I'm not going to attempt it. The orchestra sounds great in this and all, is yeah. that... I, I the string arrangements are amazing. Aye. Aye. See with the difference between somebody doing it and getting the, the people in to record it can can make a break a song, man. Because that Aye. was shit keyboards like Queen would have done, it would have been pish. Do you know what mm. I mean? Well, um, that's my very good point. To just as you mentioned that, Joe, might be a very good point to sort of touch upon the the sort of situation with fish when they come out of Marillion because so obviously Marillion was signed to EMI. And uh, if any member left, EMI would have the first option to pick up their solo contract. That was just part of their solo contract in Marillion. So basically EMI had first dibs right. on Fish. And Fish was quite happy with that situation. That's well, great. It's all execs. I know it's, you know, I know the I situation. I the world. You know ah, yeah, exactly. That's what you're saying. You know, the offices all around. It's, yeah, suits, suits me. Um, you know, it's a good situation. Um, it mentioned the fact that, you know, his solo contract, he was actually getting less than he was as a member of Marillion. So for this first album, they actually reduced his right. money he was getting. So he, he, what he essentially said was, I'll eat it up just now, get Aye. this album out, it'll sell, and I'll get back and renegotiate. Aye, know, a better deal for the, for the second album. Totally. Um, but turns out EMI were, just didn't play ball with that at all. They, you know, as Fish kind of said, they said, I kind of tried to call their bluff, but they, uh, you know, I wanted to take them to court about it, so I said, "Let's let's go to court." And I expected EMI just to back down and say, "Look, let's sort it out," but they didn't. Right. He says, "Let's see you in court then." So he was like, "Oh it's fuck!" Spending <laughs> a fortune in his own money, taking them that, to court, and they, that's, that's uh, pennies to them. Exactly, that's exactly the point he was making. But but what he was saying is because because this was vigil was was held back quite a, quite a while. Um, he was going on tour and it was actually had no advance. So he was for the tour. So he says, I'm getting money. session musicians and I'm paying it all out my own pocket. So oh, he basically that's, funded that's the entire tour um, off his own pocket. And he was essentially saying he was, he was 
on the verge of being bankrupt. Ah, you would be, um, man. That would have cost an absolute fortune. Aye, so he was, he was just in a, a really bad situation, you know. And it's interesting if he'd have known that at the time, you know, what would his tour have looked like? You know, you know, we'd have stripped it right back because he said, I want to try and prove something. You know, I've just left, left Marillion and I'm, you know, I'm on my you're own. I'm wanting to because, try and, yeah, I, I want to try and go there, put on a show and tell everybody I can do this on my own and, and do it my own way. And then don't have the backing. Yeah, they called my bluff and, you know, I was. Um, and that's that's so, absolutely tragic when you've released an album of that quality and then yeah. just the record label, you absolutely pull the carpet out from under you, man. It's uh, fucking criminal. That would break your heart the amount of work yeah. you've put into it, you know. That's uh, and on the, the next album in Terra Lexile, as we talked about, there's a song called Tongues, and it's very much about that. It's, it's probably the darkest song on it, and it's, it's it very much talks about that whole situation, you know, with EMI and the execs and all that. Um, you wonder why they were being dicks, man. I mean, EMI uh, wanted to piss away, do you know what I mean? Why, why are they? Because obviously, on Tongues, he actually mentions this in the essay in the, in the booklet, he talks about. Um, on tongues, he, he he kind of met up with the managing director of EMI. He actually met year much much later, and actually sat in the office and had a few beers together. And and yeah. they, they saw they expressed regret on both sides about it, you know. And they said maybe they, they could have had a more an adult conversation about it. And then, right. and they kind of sort of concluded that they didn't think either party was was. That you know, benefited that much out of the situation. It was like, you know, do, do you know what I mean? What that sounds like, and this is really common um, in the music industry, right? So obviously you're saying that in the contract they had first dibs on whoever left their solo album. So what I know to have happened, and it's happened to probably happened to my band as well. That sounds like to me that EMI have literally taken potential Marillion fans who would go and buy Fish's record and try to cripple them so that Marillion's record basically it doesn't affect. So, do you know what I'm talking about? That's really common in the music industry. See, well, see, see if yeah. a band's really big, for example, say, say um, Metallica, right? For, just, just because they're a big band, right? If Metallica had came out and then uh, what they would do is the record labels go around and scout bands that sound like Metallica who are potentially enemies towards Metallica, if you know what I mean, like we could mm. potentially take Metallica's fan base away and what they do is they sign these bands and then they shelf them or what they do is they give them very little money so it's really common, them. common uh, and it's basically to kill the competition. Uh, to, so really, could have, could have I, been a wee bit of that involved in it, do you know it, what I mean? It's really interesting what you say uh, there, Joe, because um, because of the delay in Vigil coming out, the album coming out, and the litigation stuff was 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 well known by that point. You know, that Fish was unhappy with the situation, and, and, um, and it says, obviously, you know, so I'm starting to look like the greedy bastard in the... And the, the music press and all that, so people are thinking, you know, you've you've left my favorite band, and now you're, you're fucking taking your mind to court, you know. So, so eventually, we're starting to look like, like the bad guy as well. Aye, so, aye. and and then, I, 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 as you're saying, Joe, quite possibly that was a tactic tactic of EMI, you know, to cripple um, him so that Marillion yeah. basically the their main cash cow, Marillion basically aye. stays where it should be. Do you know what aye. I mean? I mean, it's just a, a bizarre situation, but he he got himself out of it, and he, he got a deal with Polydor and. You know, also um, a big label, um, man. Aye, so he said there was lots of big labels, you know, wanting wanting to bring him over, but the problem was because of the court case. Um, had uh, had had Fish lost the court case, for example, he, you know, the, any new label would be liable for picking up these extra costs and all that, and so, so they were all they were all kind of just aye. holding back and just to wait to see what happened. But um, see how much it was going to cost them if yeah, they did sign them. Yeah, and the thing is, with internal exile, when you actually listen to it, um. 
you know, it's it's not a badly produced album by any any stretch. It's, it's it still sounds very good, but there's a big noticeable difference because Aye. it was Fish's own studio, and you know because it was limited in funds the budget, as well. The budget, I absolutely exactly. so absolutely. so you could you can hear the kind of sonically the difference between uh, this album and and Internal Exile, and there is a there is, is a you know it's not as strong an album as Vigil either certainly. Um, but there's, there's excellent tracks on it um, as well. But yeah, that was just kind of the situation with Fish and um, I don't know about that time, so it was a bit kind of... Um, and I'm, there'll be Marillion fans out there and Fish fans that can maybe fill in some of the gaps that I'm, I'm, and maybe correct us on a few things if, if I'm not quite got it completely right, but, um, you know, why you're in. But, um, but yeah, let's press on. Um, so the next track is another single off the album. Um, and this is the ballad on the, the album so it's called A Gentleman's Excuse Me Just great strings man lush, beautiful You know what I like um, about this song, <laughs> if I picked it up correctly, is Fish is the romantic. Fish has always been the romantic with his, his lyrics, you know, and, and Marillion and, you know, and his solo um, career as well. But it's almost like him, like, saying to someone who's very, like, hopelessly romantic, you need to chill out and get back to reality here. Calm down. You need to, you need to, you need to actually, you know, um, and the metaphors about I'm fed up dancing. You know, dancing around the subject. Let's get to the you know, point. Let's get to the mm-hmm. point. You're living in a fantasy world. I'm trying to mm-hmm. let's sort this out, you know. I think everybody's known somebody in their life where that's kind of, you've had that sort of back and forth. Sometimes yeah. you could be the person that's living in fucking cuckoo land, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, indeed. And I, I like how. It sounds to me like that, you know, you did this vocal in, in one take. It's, do you know what I mean? It's Very like natural. It sounds, it sounds like a performance. Aye, aye. aye. You know, aye. It's, it's not it's, no no auto tune anywhere near this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And just because of that, it gives the song so much more weight. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the versatility in his voice is really showing it here. How you can actually nah, soften his voice, yeah. really, really, really make it really soft and just, beautiful uh, piece of music here as well, it's, man. Aye, it's just fucking beautiful, oh, man. Just, aye. Uh, uh, and, the, and the thing as well, that duality that he does a lot, you know, for every one step forward, I'm taking two steps back. It's like I'm I'm trying to get away from you. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I just there's just something I I, I can't get away. Something but, keeping you there. But but the one step forward, two steps back could be that could be a dance as well. You know, like, exactly. It's not, I, the metaphors. You know, yeah. it's just like it's fucking the guy's fucking multifaceted, smart yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was doing some of these uh, uh, notes and work actually just in my lunch break, just just listening to the album, just taking some notes of this. You're doing it while you're working, mate. Don't fucking lie. <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> doing it the company's time. <laughs> The company I choose is fucking solitary singular, mate. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, but I, I was listening to this and I was tearing up in work and I'm like, Aye. and the officers are hoping nobody walks in. I'm like, get off. Get fucking Can't it be seen as being human? <laughs> it's a beautiful piece of music. This was, I hadn't heard this song for a long time, but obviously I knew it. 
and I was making a cup of tea. I think it was the first time I listened to the album a couple of weeks back, and I was like, I was starting to well up. Yeah, it's yeah. one of these songs, isn't it? It's just beautiful, man. Beautiful. Again, I love it. Everything about it, and I love the fact there's no percussion in it at all. Yeah. It's just all music. The strings are amazing, man, and his yeah. voice is great. Brilliant. Perfection. I mean, if I, there's a few moments of absolute perfection for me. I think. Piano bit at the end. Ah, brilliant. We're finished dancing. Stunning song, man. Fucking Aye. beautiful. My, my, my dogs love it that much. They both came in to listen to it. Let me <laughs> give me moral support, you know. Um, just look at the orchestration. It's by Gavin Wright. So, absolutely, you know. Uh, well played, Gavin. A top, top drawer, uh, top drawer arrangement, man. Beautiful. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, Mickey Simmons on the the piano there. That's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, beautiful track. And again, another. another it's kind of as Joe's saying. He's you know about listening to this album. Um, you know, even like a couple of times back to back and things like that, and not getting fed up with it. I think that's uh, that's that's just for me for for the amount of times I've listened to this. This album never gets never gets tired, and it's one of these albums. And I, I never put it on and then get two or three tracks in and go, "Ah, I'm just going to stick this off." <laughs> as soon as it's no, on, it's getting played to the I end. Know. You know, it's one yeah. of these albums. It's, you know? it's it's very much a uh, although it's, uh, you know the way that like say the wall or you know or or dark side of the moon or something like that. You know, it's it. Yeah, you can take songs out individually and listen to them and enjoy them, but I think it, as a whole body of work, it's something you immerse yourself in. You kind of like the downward spiral in a completely yeah. different no, way. No, absolutely, yeah. But yeah. you don't just... If you're going to listen to it, there's albums when you listen to them, you need to give them the attention. You need to... It's like a, a ritual almost. Like, I'm going to put this on and I'm going to sit and it'll take me to the place that I know it'll take me to from start to finish. And yeah. for me, that album, this album, definitely that. And I'm amazed at an album that was 30 odd years ago that... You know that I'm I'm as into it as I am. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like blown away by the songs. Great, yeah, understanding. But yeah, stunning track. And we move on now. This next song is the Voyeur. I like to watch. Um, this is a what's, bit of an an anomaly for me. Was it wasn't on the LP? Was it? No, this is that's the reason uh, why. Uh, so I, you know, I've I've got the LP of this, and that's all I've had. Um, I don't own the CD mm. of it. Oh, had you not heard this up until no, recently? No, I had. No, I had heard it because um, the the first time I heard it was actually on the radio. Fish, there was a fish live gig. I think maybe in the Friday Rock Show or something, and it was from I think it was from the Town and Country Club or something. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, but he played this song live, so that was the first time I'd heard it. Right, and uh, you know, just the years later, you've heard it. Maybe you know, because I've seen fish Passing many and stuff. I've yeah. seen fish many times, and you know, this might have been in his set um, as well. Um, so no, I have heard it. And I've, I've, I've heard it many times, but in terms of sitting in this album, it, to me, it's like a total weird thumb. Like, aye, so, yeah. so it's a bit strange for me uh, listening see, to this album with that see, song. I don't, I don't, have, don't that. have that. I don't yeah. have that. So I just included it as an, uh, just part of the album. The song, yeah. You know, but I can see yeah. what you're talking about. Also, yeah. I 
So it's a bit strange when this kicks in. It's always like, oh, you know, if I'm listening on Spotify, let's say, getting half leathered on the train or something, you know, and I'm expecting, you know, uh, family business after gentlemen's excuse me. But, um, but yeah, no, so this is, so it's a bit strange. So, and because of that reason, I'm probably not as close to this song as I'm the other eight. This one, this one sort sort of sits at the side a little bit for me. Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll dive into it and uh, let's see see what we think. I think the way it opens up, it's very, it's almost kind of, I'd say almost like Marillion Marillion esque. You know, it's a yeah. bit kind of like you know with the keyboards being up there. Yeah, yeah, a bit more like. It's funny because when I had this on, Barbara, I was making dinner and Barbara was walking in and out of the room and she went, "Is he singing? I like to wash." I, like, <laughs> I says, yeah, "Well, I'm imagining he probably does like to wash." The bath thing, fish in the bath, uh, at least it wash. At least it wash. At least, yeah. least lie in a bath all day. <laughs> Absolutely. Because even like the drum sound is almost like it's like a bigger drum sound. It's like a fatter, fatter drum sound. Aye. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been. Uh, was it done in a different session? Maybe. Could be, Joe. Not hundred percent, man. But I love that. That kind of, you know, again lyrically, he's talking about all the, you know, the. Voyeuristic nature of news, and I need I need the latest, you know. And again, but you know, we're talking about this internet. This is yeah. this is pre twenty four new hour news as well. You know, this is Aye. just. Aye. Yes, because CNN had just just about started. Doing a bit Aye, of but again, that wasn't yeah. that accessible to people in the no, UK in nineteen ninety. No. You know. No. The big man was well ahead of the time, man. He was a fucking soothsayer. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Um, I mean the halt to, from Hollywood to Hungerford, you know, that's yeah. that's just two completely different situations in, in the, the world at that time, you know. And still. <laughs> and mention I mention Lockerbie as well and all that, you know, a lot of brave yeah. kinda you know, things he's saying here. A keyboard down on that's going, keeps it's just gonna pulses it through, doesn't it? I love that bit. Disasters and rerun and replay in slow mo. Yeah. Right, so you can see every gruesome detail. Yeah. <laughs> every you know, gruesome detail. Aye, but that's it. You see, Fish wants to go on the podcast, man. Aye, get the big man on. He might, he might be up for it. Aye. Three fellow Scots, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Talk about his career and that. I will obviously tag it in with, you like Queen, don't you? Good guy. <laughs> Ah, he was, he was on yeah, stage yeah. with Queen as well. Yeah. Supported them, didn't he? Oh. That's right. What was it? It was uh, one of the rock and roll tunes he did with him, wasn't it? Was it like, That's right, so he did. Come on, fruity or somebody come on for us. Or something. Aye, aye. And he's on the magic years as well, isn't he? That's right, I've, yeah. I've stolen things, I admit it, I admit it. <laughs> I always thought for years he said, I'm a tit, I'm a tit. I'm a tit, I'm a tit. I'm a tit, I'm a tit. <laughs> <laughs> Why is a Scottish cunt calling himself a tit? <laughs> this is very Pink Floyd. Pure Pink Floyd. Ah, that's that's that, yeah. the, the organ. Ah, I totally, man. Yeah. In it? Yeah. Total Pink Floyd, man. This bit's pure Floyd. <laughs> Oh, 
and 100% more Floyd even now. <laughs> exactly, man. Aye. That's what Frank Usher was like. He's very much got that similar tone to Gilmore and stuff. Very Aye. different guitar player, right enough, but tone, tonally very similar. Aye, analyst analyze. Analyst I love analyze. that. Analyst analyze. Fucking excellent. <laughs> Rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's used everything right, you know what I mean? Aye, absolutely. He's used everything right. And that's what I'm saying, as much as Fish is getting massive credit for this album, you know, for the lyrics and... Oh, the music's amazing, miles, and he I mean, wouldn't have anything to do with aye. that. And Mickey Simmons aye, and, you, uh, you know, Lindis, you know. I mean, you could have the greatest lyricist in the world with a, with a crappiest band, man. Aye, it, exactly. It needs, the, it needs the backdrop, man, for the, for the lyrics to shine, do you know what I mean? I, I like this tune, but I, I get where you're coming from now that I know that it wasn't on the original record. Yeah. Album, so it sits, I, it sits out for me. But like I say, if this it's album was tune. on, aye, if it was on, uh, if it was on the LP when I first got it, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it, it might be just as important to me as any of the other songs or, or whatever. But it's just because, I, <laughs> you know, I've, it's always been the eight songs. And it's, uh, it's is just, there a reason? Is there a reason why I included it later on? No, it was on the CD and the tape. It was oh, just it was fine. It was just, it? I know, as we discussed, remember the, the, the hacked up innuendo. Yeah. And, yeah, die. Why? I remember even the sound of white noise by Anthrax, like Black Lodge is not in the vinyl as well. And mm. you know ah, neither, I mean? neither it is, that's right. Ah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's just they just they were just trying to bury vinyl at the time, I think, you know. And that's shite, you know, but, um, so. no, everybody can't kind of get enough of it. <laughs> that's mm. true, aye, So but um I no good track, good kind of, kind of rocker, right. I suppose. Um um you know that that and uh, you know the two songs later are probably the two rockers on it. You'd say, um, you know, in the kind of more traditional sense. But um, I good tune, man. Uh, and uh, yep. moving on, so um, Joe kind of mentioned this one at the start. Um, so this song sort of discusses domestic violence. Great lyrics in this, man. Yeah, you can. You're there, aren't you? You're just totally uh, there. You know, uh, it's, it's, he's painting. It's like a movie. It's like a wee yeah. movie. So I lost that, but there's not many people doing that now, man. It's a shame, man. And even the guitar swells the mm-hmm. in the background there. You can hear her getting beaten, basically, and he wants to do something about it. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's that like you know you feel helpless. You want was. to help somebody, but at what point do you get involved? Kind of thing. Uh, a lot of the time with domestic violence as well. That is how it is. You know, like you know, if you intervene, you sometimes find that the person that's being abused can turn on you. Yeah, you're trying to help them. Uh, or, it could, or it could be that the the person being abused is abused even more because it gets taken out in them. You know, if, if the police don't get involved and things aye, like that, you know, or they'll. Aye. It's a know. horrible situation to be in. No matter what you do, it's, yeah. it's going to end in tears. You know. I had to actually do it once. One time I actually had to phone for a neighbour and the, the, the woman came out of the, the door and we actually tried to do Do you need some help? Ah, I need help, I need help. So we phoned the police and... When was that? Was that when you stayed with oh, your mum? No, no, it was only about what, four years ago or something. 
And your old and, house? Uh, got, no, the old house I'm in just now. It's di- I've got different neighbours now, but um, it's my old neighbours and the uh, police came and took them away. And, and, you're, shit, man. and even these lyrics, daddy's sitting home drunk again and all that. And talking about kids being in the mix, I look through the window and I see, I see, uh, you know, his, his wee daughter holding her, her teddy, just oh, clutching it, and just man. like it was heartbreaking, heartbreak, absolutely man. heartbreaking, you know. It's just, It's a great bit of music, but the lyrics are really powerful, man. The guitars here are brilliant, man. Aye. It's kind of Finn Lizzy Maiden-esque kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Aye, this album, there's there's not a a dud on this, man. This album's great from start to finish. A real classic. No, but it's it's really, I'm really, I'm really pleased to hear you say that, Joe, because I just wasn't genuinely sure how it would sit on you. I know you would like certain songs, because we've discussed some of these songs before in the past, you know, and... I know, I'm glad to hear that, man. I'm like you, mate. Grew up with you, came the same way. Aye, absolutely. We just gravitate towards the same music. But Aye. Aye, but the fact you like it so much, man, it's oh, just... Oh, it's brilliant. Aye, it's amazing. Know, it's just... I want it has to do with the storytelling as well, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the most heartbreaking line there. Aye. She, Aye. she, she never she, will. She never will. She never catch that bus out of there. Aye, out of the situation. Yeah. Aye, that's common, isn't it? It's like you, you know, yeah, you're too scared to leave, especially if you've got kids involved. Yeah. So you'd rather just stay because, you know, some of these assholes are threatening her to kill them and stuff like that. And that, just... that line there, when daddy tucks the kids in, it's taking longer every night. You're like, oh, so he's, he's right. starting to abuse them as well. You know, that's fucking, fucking horrific, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Horrific, man. Upsetting shit. Yeah. But a great song, but. But again, the musicians like Mickey, Mickey Simmons, and um, having that kind of um, looking at the lyrics and going, right, this is the vibe I need to create musically. Oh, I get this I mean, point across to be able those, to do that. Those guys need those guys need as much credit as he does, man. Aye, yeah. Absolutely, for yeah, capturing the vibe in music form. You know, the, the vibe of the lyrics in music form. Amazing. That's brilliant. I've become an accessory. I've not done anything. So I'm an accessory, basically. I've allowed this to continue, I, and, and I, I've not got an alibi. I can't, I can't get out of this. I've, you know, but as a tricky man, how long should it stay family business? You know, if you hear someone shouting through the wall, is that enough to get involved? Or, you know, it's just one of the ones. It's like, at what point do you get involved? Kind of thing, you know. Wait a downer, man. Let's let's pick things up, man. <laughs> pick things up. Uh, so this next track uh, is called "View from the Hill," and this is the song that is co-written by by Yannick Gales. 
um, Mickey Simmons, obviously, as well. Who So Yannick Hares, as is, is some people might, may or may not know, he was the guitarist with Gillen. They played with White Spirit, one of the new wave of British heavy metal bands, and is most famously known for being the third guitarist in Iron Maiden. And he, he co-wrote this one, and yeah, he he plays on it as well, of course. So this is the other rocker, I would say, um, other than uh, I like to watch, I would say. So why don't we dive in and, and see what this is all about? That's in so many songs. Exactly. I mean, can wait. I was about to say this is so many songs. Even Sorrow, Pink Floyd, and there's tons of songs. It's just that note. Yeah. Fish getting a wee bit soulful with the kind of whoa, whoa. I love this. Um, this the lyrics in this because. You know, even that line. You know, yeah, I think everything's coming up roses, but you can't see the weeds that entangle on your feet. This is all about this credit world, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's no, I, I've got the big car out front. And I know I'm three months behind in my payments, but <laughs> I've got this big wow. car. Yep. You know, I'm very simple in the in the way that I live. Like, like you know, I, my wife got. I finally used to say a car. My wife um, wanted this really flash car. Um, because she was sitting her testing, which is fine, it's cool. Listen, I've never, yeah. I, you know, I totally it cool. get it. Ah. I, can, I can get it. But I was like, I don't care. Ah. And, you know, I, I didn't make me feel any better. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you know? yeah, but yeah. some folk, it, it does. And it's weird that, you know, I just, I don't know. You'd need to be one of those type of people, I guess. Ah. But I think, I mean, that's it. It's, it's fine to like nice things, and but you can afford them and all that. But I think that's all concept you know even like it's not going to make you happy though ah, you can't see the trees because the forest are, is burning you see it's a smoke in the eyes it's making you cry you're crying because you know you're in that situation but you're pretending you're not Aye. it's like that wee meme with a dog sitting he's on fire his coffee Aye. that everything's fine, everything's it's, it's, fine this, this whole song's pretty much that <laughs> you know <laughs> i like the guitar i mean yannick is not any of our favorite guitarists at all he's oh, not at all maiden, but... maiden he's it's just He's got. He's had his moments. Certainly, as a songwriter, made and but um, but he plays well on this. I think you know it's quite measured and Th- this sounds very very tattooed millionaire to me. Totally. This song, I yeah, yeah. I don't mean the song tattooed millionaire. No, no, but the I album did, tattooed I'm, millionaire. Hundred percent. Because Yannick yeah, yeah, is you know gets in that chorus. So his, his choruses are and his riffing's yeah. very much like that. It's very rarely got a riff riff. You know. Best one, Tattooed Millionaire, aye, aye. Tattooed Millionaire being Bruce Dickinson's solo album, by the way, in case aye. understands what we're talking about. Keyboards are great on this again, man. Yeah. Keyboards are so good. Aye. I love the wee dun 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 dun, Again, spark, a bit sparkly, but done in the right way. Aye, aye. You know? Aye, but mixed well. It's not overly aye. loud in the mix. Yeah. This is this is probably the one where Fish is it's the the most of a performance vocally that he, he does. Aye, I think. quite theatrical. Aye. Yeah, actually, makes not not that he doesn't sing all the other ones, but yeah. this is more. He's powerful range. Try, he's he's reaching for a little bit more in this song, I think. Aye. Yeah. More of a rock range in it. Yeah, yeah. Aggressive delivery. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sometimes I think, see when some notes he hits, it reminds me of Paul Diano. Ah, that kind of... Uh, I know what you mean. Paul Diano being the first Iron Maiden singer for anybody that doesn't know who he is. I mean, even that, um, that line, I'm trying to find it again. Ah, I've lost that. That's a great line. They're all great lines, to be honest, but... Aye, just even that, they promise you more space to move and more room to breathe. So, I've got all this cash now, everything's alright, you know, but you're... You're paying fucking 30% APR or something, you know, it's no. like... And Yannick, quite Yannick, Yannick, aye, and Yannick solos. This is this is pretty. This is about one or two solos that Yannick plays <laughs> in every song. It's that was that. <laughs> but I agree with you too. It's, I agree with you, but it's a good, good solo. And I always wondered, you know, with Yannick being a Geordie as well, was there any influence for Frank Usher? You know, I know Yannick. You could get him, get him no, to be on a track, or I, I don't know. Maybe that's just. I'm taking conclusions probably. That's like Americans when they say, Oh, you're Scottish, do you know Sean Connery? Do you know? <laughs> I get asked that as a guy who stayed in New York. Do you know the, the Duke of whatever it was? Aye, mate, he just loves out the back for me, oh, you know. Aye. It's just like. I came, he came round my house to borrow some milk earlier. Fuck <laughs> oh, me. You should turn that question round and folk like that and say, Well, do you know a Barack Obama? <laughs> exactly, aye. Because he's an American. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It does sound really good on this, actually. Really yeah. meaty. Quite low in the mix, but they're kind of meaty, you know. Production's top tier, man. Huge. Going for it there. Aye. <laughs> Aye, you can tell he was bowled up for that one. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> Aye, he worked his cell up for that note. Yeah. Aye, great track, man. Mm-hmm. Aye, good, good rocker, man. Cracker, aye. Probably one of the best songs that... Oh, there's the classic Yannick. Come aye, back get to back the... to the... Aye, the acoustic bit. At the end. Except it works this time. Aye, <laughs> aye, and he's no, like, used it, like, 400,000 times. <laughs> the same structure. But, yeah, I mean, it just um, on this, you know, just all these songs, I mean, it, it, I've not really the chance, because the songs are playing away, I've not the chance to tease out a lot of the lyrics, but you need to... You know, if you're anything you're hearing, if you don't know this album and, you know, you're hearing anything that you're curious about, you need to read these lyrics. You know, Fish is a very, you know, his, his pronunciation, you know, is, is fantastic anyway, so you'll probably be able to aye, tease out to hear everything he's saying, you know. but very but, well mixed, aye. Absolutely, but, you know, um, definitely read these lyrics because they're just outstanding um, if you're if you're going to delve into the album. Um Okay, so then we move on to the ninth and last track on the album, and this is Cliché. Um, so, subject matter is pretty straightforward, and it's quite interesting because you've got a song <laughs> where Fish is uh, frustrated about not finding the right words to express himself. <laughs> so it's kind of that, you know, that, oh, writer's, that writer's block. I want to say this, but, you know, I can't find it. Articulate it. Absolutely, so, which is great. <laughs> 
Uh, again, genius in itself, you know, it's uh, just uh, he's writing a song right, about writer's he, block. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's, he's wrote a beautiful love song about writing a beautiful love song. Uh, <laughs> Aye, well, there you are. I don't know how to express himself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, well, let's, let's delve in right away, actually. Into it. And the music on this is so good, man. Just fucking stunning. So I'm saying all the all these like atmospheric keyboards are just bang on the money, man. There's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? They're just perfect for creating the, the mood and the vibe and the sounds are great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I space. There's space. I. Yeah. I love the wee guitar. It's probably the wee guitar. Like very simple, but really effective, man. Even just the wee harmonics at the start there as well. Just again, nothing. Aye, there's, no, there's, there's no a dud in this record. This this record is definitely a nine out of ten, man. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Belter, he's singing about himself, I Okay, nice wee swells again with the mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah, he's on the old volume pedal there. That's guitar melodies, fucking. Aye, guitar melody drums, everything about it, you know. Aye, aye. That's what I'm saying. It's really simple, but really effective, man. Yeah. Aye. You don't need to have something big and intricate and hard to play, you know. I love actually playing that lick. I've got my aye, guitar out. Cool, I love, play, yeah. I love just plays. It's very easy to play, but it's well, I can't play like Frank, Frank Usher, you know. But I can, it's in terms of like you know, getting the ability to play it, you can do it. Saying all the things he wants to say in the song, uh, but he's like, ah, oh, it's just. Oh, in the atmosphere in the song's fucking amazing, man. I wonder if he's using one of those. See the the thing that uh, your Mick Ronson used in Heroes that. Oh, the Evo. 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 I might be talking. Like a magnet. Aye. It's a magnet you hold all the strings and the strings vibrate. Yeah. It just keeps the note going forever. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that, but it probably isn't. But... Solo's excellent here. Mm -hmm. Great tone, man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Kate Gilmore, ain't it? Kate Gilmore. What a sound. It's a spit. Into the... Ah, oh, fucking stunning, man. It's gorgeous, aye. That's the thing, again, with Usher's playing, he's, he, can, he can play fast, really fast. Yeah, um, but he, he doesn't always. He just it's when the I moments do, right, I, he'll do that, you know. He does the service as a song, man. That's a well-rounded musician, right there. You know, somebody that isn't just a one-trick pony. You know. Uh, I think me and you saw him at the ABC, David. 
and it was I think it was the last time we saw Frank Usher and it, it did, this was one of the encores ah that's right and he and did, he did like an extended solo and it was just fucking brilliant absolutely brilliant man brilliant but an extended solo but not not a, a note wasted or a, a note uh, just going away yeah. or just perfect absolutely perfect Great song to close it as well. It's yeah, a perfect, perfect closer. And again, we talk. We always talk about you know the sequence of songs and you know um, very well sequenced album. Aye, absolutely. Voice is great there, man. I think it's we're not talking much. I think it was just, I know, just, just hard, no, it's I hard know. just not to just. I know, just listening now, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think just again, we're kind of say it enough. The musicians on it are all doing their job yeah. perfectly. It's like yeah. you know, as we've alluded to, there's no yeah, overplaying. There's space. There's everybody's getting their moment to shine and. I mean, you get that feeling. I oh, don't fucking stop, man. That's when you know you've just listened to an amazing solo. You know, it's just aye, aye. Yeah. You could take another few bars out. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, but um. So that was Vigil in a Wilderness of Mirrors by Fish. Aye. Pretty good. Album. Yeah. Aye. So, um, aye. <laughs> <laughs> well, aye. Stunning piece of work. Absolutely stunning. Fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And it always will be for me, man. Definitely. Well, this album's definitely opened my eyes to listen to more Fish without a doubt, man. Aye. Um, I mean, the thing is, I think this is Fishy's best album. You know, uh, there's there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. You know, out, out of all his albums, and and I think they do uh, throughout his career. It's kind of like you know, Joe. You'll find out if you delve into it. There might be stuff that's a bit underwhelming. You know, musically, ah, know, maybe. I, I, you know, you'll find those moments, and um, but you'll find moments that are, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that suck you in again. And I think as as I said at the start, I think for me personally, I think the the last three albums he's done because that's him obviously finished he's not making any more music you know and and uh, the way he's finished his career has been very strong strong absolutely oh, strong and it's went back to his last certainly his last two albums it's went back to that kind of more that some of the songs are longer aye okay they're, they're a wee bit longer maybe a bit more proggy sounding some of them and, but again they're still again lyrically you know they still hold your interest and musically there's tons of space on the last two albums I'd say musically Loads of yeah. space, loads yeah. of space. There's not a lot of soloing either, again, guitar soloing and stuff. Um, but I find them uh, still still very interesting. And the, the most recent one, when I first heard that, I was like, nah, it's all right. But then I listened to it like about the third or fourth. Well, you're in the right it, mood just, just, it just clicked. It just was like, I oh, know this album is actually mm. 
you know, it's, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna go in chronological order, man, and check out the records so, yeah. as they as they came out. As they go, yeah. Aye. Um no fantastic. I remember um <laughs> I remember when Fish oh god, this would have been about two thousand and two, I want to say. And um I went to see Fish myself at the cat house. Um I don't know what you were doing, Paul. I don't know if you were busy that night or whatever. But I just went along myself because like nobody else was, was interested. I don't you know, I don't know what you were doing, Joe either, you know. But um so I, I went to buy my ticket at the at the ticket Scotland. So I didn't mean about what that twenty two, twenty three, something yeah. like that, something like that. And I went into the ticket office and I say, Can I get a ticket for fish? And it pulls out a ticket for Finch, you know, the sort of post hardcore <laughs> band. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, mate, it's uh, fish. The old guy, the, the old, the old guy. guy, the old, old guy. guy. And it was kind of just because obviously I was young and you know probably had some metal t-shirt on or hardcore yeah, t-shirt or something. I was like, no, nah, mate, fish, fish, mate, <laughs> no fish, finch. Mate. Pick me up with some fish, mate. <laughs> so, but I know I was like salmon. <laughs> and I remember going to that gig and obviously, uh, you know, Phil was there. You know, the, you know your mate uh, that you love, you shared a flat with Joe. Phil, uh, a fish gig. I know he was, he was working at the cat house. Aye, 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 course. And he was like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Mate, I'm here to hear fucking great music, mate. Shut your hole." Aye, <laughs> aye mad Phil. Aye, <laughs> so, something else, that boy. Aye, no, it's great, but but no, I could talk about I'll talk about fish all night and. Um, it's been great. No, it's it's been an album I've been wanting to talk about, and hopefully you guys get something out, something out of it. I'm I'm sure oh, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably know the album reasonably well, or or at least I've heard it before or whatever. So, um, but um, yeah, I know we have talked over a lot of it. So if you're listening to it and you're trying to hear bits, but we're talking over it, get yourself a, a copy of it and yep. uh, support Fish. You know, he's got his own Aye, website, his own website, his own merch and stuff. So he deals directly with the fans and yeah, all that as well. So buy, buy from him direct. Yeah, go yeah, to his I website. Don't, don't go to the yeah, Get the man. CDs from him. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I think his, his website's fishmusic.scot. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's where you'll, you'll go to find nice one, stuff. So, um, cool. Aye. Aye. Exceptional guy, exceptional lyricist, great music. All the musicians need praise for this album. And uh, aye. aye, fantastic. 100%. Aye. But um, aye, I don't know where we're going to go for the next not episode, so uh, we'll get our heads together and uh, and uh, we'll see what comes up next. But we're trying to mix up a wee bit, as you can see. So we've done uh, also done the Beatles, we've done Nine Inch Nails, we've done we're now done Fish, we've done uh, Pink Black Floyd, Sabbath. Black Sabbath, you know. So we're trying to mix up a little bit, and uh, we'll probably do something somewhere a wee bit different again down the line at some point. But you know, we are rock and metal fans, so there might be a bit more of that going on. Uh, but that's Aye. just the way it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, again, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the next pod. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye.